Are you wandering in the wilderness, or are you a voice in the wilderness? Welcome to Revival Cry. This is your host, Eric Miller. Isaiah 40 verse 3 says, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The goal of this program is to encourage you to use the voice God has given you and to make Jesus famous. Every week, we will share principles from the Word of God, interviews, and encouragement in order to strengthen your voice. Thank you for joining me today. And now here is today's program. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Revival Cry. This is Eric Miller. So grateful that you're here listening today or watching us on our YouTube channel. Always remember, folks, whether you're listening to us on Mango Radio, you can also follow up if you don't hear the program live on our podcast and our YouTube channel. Make sure that you subscribe to the channel, hit the notifications so every time we put up new content, you'll be able to know what's going on. Amen? And here are the new messages. We put up a couple every week, and lately we've come with fresh messages from the Lord and also interviews of people who are on the field making a difference for Jesus. Praise God. I want to let you know that there are a couple of books that I actually have written. Both of them are devotionals. And the first one I have is called Hearing God Through His Creation, a 30-day devotional that is basically wanting to teach you how to hear the voice of God. And every day there's a little devotional to challenge you so that you can incline your ear to the Lord. You can find this book on Amazon. You can download it or you can order a physical copy. And also my latest book, which is called How to Become a Burning Bush, a 30-day devotional as well. And I know this will be a blessing to you. I wrote this one at the end of last year. Thankful to be able to offer it as a resource to you. Praise God. I want to talk to you today about seeking a hero, finding a servant. Our world loves heroes. Uh, With all the books and movies that are made, we uh, you can find it everywhere. And mankind, I believe, longs for people who will stand out among others to lead us into a place of stability, peace, hope, love, success. We're looking for that in celebrities, in athletes, in politicians. I believe the greatest hero who ever lived is Jesus. Amen? Jesus Christ is the absolute most important and greatest hero that you will ever come in contact with. Let me give you a definition of the word hero. First of all, a hero is a mythological or legendary figure, often of divine descent, endowed with great strength or ability. They do something different than what anybody else could do. It's not normal. It's not humanly possible sometimes to do what they do. Somebody who stands out from amongst the rest, right? A person admired for achievements and noble qualities. And lastly, one who shows great courage. Those are the 
definitions of a hero according to the dictionary. You know, in the Bible, there's one hero that I think is celebrated, and it's not just a man, it's a, it's a woman. In the book of Esther, the one of the main characters of that book, Esther herself, Queen Esther, I believe, you know, she's celebrated as a hero, but without Mordecai, who is looked upon as a great servant, Esther would have never have been a hero. You know, being a leader in the kingdom, in the church of Jesus Christ, is never about that leader, but it's always about Christ. You know, servant leadership must never be devalued in the church. Although, it doesn't look like the hero that the world is looking for, but yet people who serve Jesus Christ, I believe, are some of the greatest heroes ever in the world. But these type of people are not focused on drawing attention to themselves. They want to follow the example that Jesus Christ set for us by being servant leaders. You know, the purpose of the church is to glorify God and to make disciples, right? We do this for him. We love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we love our neighbors as we love ourselves. If we were to adopt the world's leadership style to, you know, they don't see serving like we do. They, actually, they see it as weakness. And most of the world's leaders are very self-serving, self-centered. The church is not designed, leaders in the church are not designed to be self-centered. Where it, It's not about us. No matter what our responsibility are, no matter how many people follow us or look to us as some important mentor or spiritual, uh, you know, leader, the fact of the matter is we always have one who is above us and that is Jesus Christ. He is the King of Kings. He is a Lord of Lords. There's nobody else like him. He is the greatest leader in the history of the world. And the thing that Jesus modeled for us in leadership was being a servant. In the church, our goal is to glorify God. Therefore, the church must always be structured around knowing Jesus as the head of the church. The example Jesus set for us in servant leadership is the pattern of leadership that the church must follow and express to the world. God sees that as how he wants to be represented through you and me. You know, leaders must be careful to never become the heroes the world is looking for. We must reveal what servanthood looks like so that Jesus will always be viewed as a hero. And that's tough when you do things for people, when you love people and you serve them and you are a part of their wedding and their birthdays and celebrate their marriages and them having children and you help them through problems it's sometimes hard when people lean on you so much that if we don't teach them how to lean on God for themselves, then we're actually taking a place and a role in their life that we're not supposed to have. The ultimate goal is to lead people to Jesus. And by being servants, 
we don't draw attention to ourselves, we say, you got to know the Lord. Not just know about him, but you got to know Jesus. You know, since the time of Jesus' birth and resurrection, any kingdom success that is seen throughout history is because of servant leaders, men and women of God who laid their lives down for the gospel. And at times, you know, God will make those servant leaders known. People will know their names. I mean, there's many books written about the sacrifices and the great miracles and things that God used some of these leaders to do. But the fact is, we just have the honor of serving Jesus the way that he served us. And he's our example to follow. So he says, if any man's going to come after him, we got to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. And denying ourselves it doesn't mean we just deny, you know, sin, sinful things, but we deny even accepting the praise of men. I'm not talking about, you know, feeling condemned if you're in front of people all the time. I mean, obviously, if you're going to lead, you're going to be in front sometimes. You're going to be on platforms. You're going to be, you know, uh, I have an opportunity to be on the radio, podcasts, and, and other you know, ways to communicate with people. And my goal is just to do this as a service. It's not to uh, become a Christian celebrity. It's not for people to look at me and think that I'm more important than anybody else. Because honestly, we all stand the same height at Calvary where Jesus died, right? We're nobodies without the Lord. But yet, knowing him and following him, we want to put into practice the way that he lived, servant leadership. That's how we want to reveal Jesus to the world. You know, if you love the story of Esther in the Bible, it's really amazing. It's 10 chapters. It's not very long. It's a very short uh, story in the Bible, but it's packed full of great biblical principles that we can learn on how to live as godly men and women. And God did use Esther to be a hero to the Jewish people. She saved them. And she didn't even look to be a hero, but she was chosen because of her beauty by the king at that time. And Mordecai, her, her I think it was her uncle, you know, he was helping cultivate her relationship with God and disciple her, her, sort of say. And he was more the behind the scenes guy. And then she gets put in that position for such a time as this. And she has to go before the king and she chooses to do that, not knowing if the king would accept her or not, because she could be killed if he doesn't hang out his scepter in front and say, you can approach me if she just happened to approach him without, without being invited. And we know that she does. And, and just it's just amazing. And the plot that is against the Jewish people gets dealt with and they get saved because of what she does and how the Lord used her in front of other people. Yet really, is she the only hero? To me, Mordecai, her uncle, the behind-the-scenes guy who we're going to talk about, some of the things that he did was actually, I think, maybe even more of a hero. I'm not trying to compare the two. We, they both had their roles that God had them to play, but 
his role was behind the scenes for the most part. He almost got killed because Haman didn't like that Mordecai was uh, not honoring him as a leader and bowing down to worship him. But yet we know that Mordecai served God wholeheartedly and did not allow himself to be intimidated by the enemy. So here's what some of the things that Mordecai did in serving, which I believe prepared the way for Esther's leadership. Mordecai adopted and raised a beautiful and respectful woman in Esther. Her parents were no longer around. Mordecai took on that responsibility, and I'm assuming he was married. I don't believe the scripture tells us or not, but think about it. She doesn't have her pa- her, her parents are no, no longer around. She loses them, and now she's with her uncle being raised. She could have, you know, inherited great rejection and felt abandoned and lonely, but yet Mordecai raised her to be confident, to to be a, a young woman who knows how to hear the voice of God and, and, and obey God, even when everybody else is telling you to do something else. What else did Mordecai do? He taught Esther how to value her faith and where she came from, to not be intimidated. There were Probably all kinds of gorgeous women that the king could have chose from. And while Esther's beauty stood out, I don't believe that was the only quality that she was chosen. God opened the door for her. God said that not only is it your outer beauty, Esther, but it's your inner beauty of humility, of, of you know, serving and being wholly devoted to the Lord. And, and that is what I believe opened the door for her to have such great influence in the kingdom at that time. You know, Mordecai watched over her to make sure that she was protected. There were probably all kinds of temptations and challenges and things that she faced in her life that, you know, she would have never uh, known how to deal with if she was an orphan. She, she, she could have held on to that orphan spirit and thought, well, nobody loves me. God took my parents away. And, and you know, maybe some of you listening to me today, you've, you've felt broken. You feel like that orphan spirit has really tried to attach itself to you. I want to encourage you, friend, to know that God is a father to the fatherless. So even if you didn't have a, an uncle or a family member that took you on and and yet you've gone through really difficult and challenging situations, I want you to know to God, you're greatly loved and valued. And even if you have family and you still struggle with that orphan spirit and feeling lonely and broken, I want you to know that God knows how to take care of you. And he always will provide people and and situations that will help to take care of us. He promises to never leave us or forsake us. If we cry out to God and we say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to be devoted to you in my life. I believe he's going to come and bring answers in the most difficult, challenging situations that we could be in. Amen. You know, Mordecai even saved the life of the king when a plot was made against the king's life. He exposed it. 
and this was not the plot of Haman, but but two prior men that he overheard them talking that they were going to murder the king. And so he exposed it. And yet it was written down what he did, but the king didn't really notice it until a time later. And maybe some of you, you know, you've obeyed God, you've done what was right, and nobody noticed what you did. But I want you to know God has it recorded. So whether you get uh, the accolades for what you did in this life now or not until the next life, I promise you it's more important that God knows what you did. Amen? And yet Mordecai, nobody recognized it, didn't make a big deal of it. It was just recorded, and then it was brought out later about what he did and the king said what have we done for this man we have to honor him and so sometimes we might go through seasons of humility and brokenness before God lifts us up and Mordecai didn't even care if he was lifted up what Mordecai was doing was showing us what it meant to be a servant leader to have an attitude of doing what he does for Jesus, doing what he does for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and not for man. He did it because that was the right thing to do. Maybe you're a businessman, and you're challenged to do the right thing, to say the right thing in school, to uh, you know honor the name of the Lord in front of others who don't have the same values as you. I want you to know that what you do in secret matters to God. And he knows how to help you handle and give you more responsibility when the time is right. You know, uh, Mordecai refused to bow down and worship to Haman despite what others thought. Everybody around him was bowing down to Haman. And he, as a Jew, knew that he could not bow down before any man and worship him. And so he stood up and Haman made a big deal about it and hated Mordecai. And Mordecai is like, he didn't even know, Haman didn't know the relationship that Mordecai had with Esther. Had he known it, then, you know, I'm sure it would have been dealt with and, and they never would have had an issue. But yet Mordecai didn't make it a big deal. He was never trying to make things about him. He was always trying to point to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And eventually we know what happened is that it's found out what Haman did, and yet Mordecai gets lifted up to the same position that Haman had because Haman is killed for lying. And for, you know, treating the queen, Esther, and with such horrible disrespect, and her family member, Mordecai. And Mordecai became an intercessor for Israel's salvation. He stood in the gap when everybody else was bowing down to Haman. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm an Israelite, and I am going to honor and be holy and devoted to not submitting to any type of idolatry because my God told me that there is no other gods before me. Amen? He taught Esther that his sackcloth was more than his royal clothing. 
He was weeping and crying out for, for breakthrough. And, and Esther at one time didn't understand everything that was going on. She said, let me take that sackcloth off of you, which was like a, a, a clothing to reveal someone was in mourning. And yet he refused to take the royal clothing that she could offer him. And then, of course, he explains to her why he's crying out because the Jewish people are are under a, the plot of Haman to be destroyed and now Esther is shocked she's amazed and and this is where Mordecai challenges Esther to become a servant leader you see all of what Mordecai did in secret all of the decisions that he made even though Esther was in that high position he did not allow her to just use her high position uh, uh, to become her identity, but he challenged her to take on the intercessory role that he had. He, he was asking her, why don't you exchange these royal robes for the, for the prayer of a sackcloth? You know, for, the, for you know, this identity that nobody else wants. Friend, maybe God's called you to be an intercessor. He's called you to be a man or a woman of prayer. And it's not valued by other people. But I want to tell you. If, if you're being challenged to come into the secret place and close the door and be alone with the Lord and lift up your voice and cry out for revival and awakening in this generation, then I believe you have a great calling and God will open up the doors and give you a platform and an opportunity to bring change if you just stay focused on what he's told you to do. This is what Mordecai was telling Esther and she was challenged. And and he was even willing to die on the gallows for what he knew what was right. He was eventually supernaturally honored for his prior service that I talked about before that had gone unrecognized. But the king uh, found out what he did and then just seemed to find out at the right time, right? That's how our God is. He's a God with great timing. Uh, Haman was forced by the king to be regarded as this great hero, even though Haman hated Mordecai. And eventually, again, Mordecai is lifted up to the position and leadership role that Haman had, and he becomes the second most powerful man in that kingdom. He watched his enemy be dealt with. Friend, I want to tell you something. You got to leave your battles to the Lord. You got to let him fight the enemy. When the enemy comes knocking on the door of your heart with temptation or accusations and lies, friend, you got to ask Jesus to open that door for you. You got to say, I'm not getting that no more. Uh, I don't want to deal with this in my flesh. I want to trust the Lord to open a door for me. Praise God. And, you know, he helped save the Jewish people from within distant lands and other regions simply because he was a servant leader. Listen to this in Esther chapter 10 verses 1 through 3. And King Assyrius imposed tribute on the land and on the islands of the sea. Now all the acts of his power and his might and the account of the greatness of Mordecai to which the king advanced him, are they not written 
in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Media and Persia? For Mordecai the Jew was second to King Assyrius and was great among the Jews and well received by the multitude of his brethren, seeking the good of his people and speaking peace to all his countrymen. He was honored. He was lifted up when he least expected it. But he said, I'm not going to take the the role of authority. I'm not going to take authority unless it's given to me. I'm going to serve people and I'm going to let God open up doors for me so that I can serve the Lord and he would know my heart. And when doors do open, I'll know it's going to be God and not just my flesh or other people trying to lift me up. Do you know that in the book of Esther, in the, in those 10 chapters, that Esther, or her name Hadessa, is also appears that way sometimes, 54 times in that book. However, the name Mordecai appears 60 times. Now, it's not too far or too distant from each other. But the point is, I believe most people look to Esther as the hero of the book. But maybe Mordecai was just as much of a hero as Esther was. Listen, I believe Jesus wants us to know today that he values servant leaders more than superheroes. Jesus values servant leaders more than superheroes. If you're a pastor, a missionary, or a, a disciple of Jesus, a believer, and you're living for God, and it's not popular, friend, I want you to know you're famous in heaven. <laughs> because the Lord knows how challenging it is in this life to live our lives consecrated and holy to the Lord, despite the temptations and hardships that we face. And living by faith, you know, most people may not care too much about that, but you might just prepare the way for some godly young man, young woman in their life and help disciple them into a position of authority that God's called them to change a nation. Listen, I lead Fire School of Ministry, which will be opening up again this upcoming August, and you can check us out on our Facebook page. But the reason why we have fire school ministry is because we want to pour into young men and young women, old men, old women. It doesn't matter the age group or, or what you do. We just want to pour into you what Jesus has poured into us and serve you. Uh, we don't care if we have 30 students or 300 students. What matters is, friend, we want you to know that Jesus has a calling upon your life. And we're serving you by coming through Mango Radio, the podcast, YouTube channel. Or we're offering you resources, the devotionals I shared at the beginning of this uh, program today. But friend, there's so many ways that we can serve others. I want to encourage you, don't watch others be in the game of serving only. But pick up your own towel. Get out there and serve people. Show them the love of Jesus, not only with words, but with action. 
get out there and and be there for people when they need you to listen. See, this is the one of the greatest things about discipleship is not only what we do in a classroom, but it's what we do with people in their lives when nobody knows what we're doing with them. There's so many young men and women that we've poured into over the years, and you'll hear some of these testimonies and interviews coming up that we look at their lives and we say, all we want is for our ceiling uh, to become your floor. We want you to take it farther. That's our goal. We're, we're just running our race with a baton saying we want to pass it on to the next generation. Let me ask you this last question today before we close. What about your leadership? Are you making yourself known as a hero or are you being looked upon as a servant leader? Who Jesus is to you will reveal how we function before others and what is important to us. My prayer for you today, friend, is that you would know Jesus in such an intimate and holy way. You are absolutely loved by God. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for the godly men and women who are listening to me today. And for those who may not even know you, I pray that they would know that the greatest servant who ever lived is Jesus Christ. He laid his life down. He became nothing, taking on the very nature of man and yet gave his life for people that should have been punished for their own sin. But yet you died in our place and forgave us of our sin and make us holy. Lord, we want to not be the heroes. We want you to be the hero, and we want this world to know how wonderful you are today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, friend, as you serve the Lord. We look forward to being with you next week. Make sure you visit us at our webpage, revivalcry.org. Shoot us an email at info at revivalcry.org. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Revival Cry with Eric Miller. To find out more or partner with our missions work around the world, please visit us at revivalcry.org. I look forward to being with you next time.